Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged podcast. I'm your host, Bill Roth. And today we're talking with one of the many fine partner organizations, one of the finest uh, that the VMware Cloud folks work with, and that's our dear friends at SHI. And our guest today is none other than John Palmer, who is Director of Data Center Solutions Engineering, calling us from the Garden State of New Jersey. Welcome, John. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. Happy to do it. So tell us about how SHI has been involved with VMware Cloud and AWS and, you know, the entire VMware Cloud uh, portfolio in general. Yeah, 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 sure thing. So SHI was all bought in on VMware Cloud and AWS from the beginning when it launched, you know, four or five years back. Um, we were part of the early access program with VMware. We worked with our channel partners and folks to, you know, develop capabilities and offerings that we were going to bring to market and really have been helping customers adopt the technology from, from day one. And what our, you know, sweet spot is, is what kind of we brand our jumpstart services, right? So our VMware Cloud on AWS jumpstart service, which typically takes you further than most customer organizations without becoming a, or most other partner organizations without becoming a full-blown professional services offering, right? And, and what I mean by that is our organization, in addition to all the pre-sales design and architecture that goes into any VMware Cloud on AWS opportunity, we actually help onboard customers into the VMC on AWS service and handle initial day zero and day one configurations for the customer to prepare them for what they're, for what they're about to adopt. Right? So my team specifically with that Jumpstart Services offering, we actually help the customers spin up the SDDC. We actually help with their network design and architecture. Um, so whether it be VPN tunnels or AWS Direct Connect or what have you, we help them with that full-on design and actually get that um, connectivity in place. And then we stand up the migration platform for the customer, so HCX. Right? And we do all this as a value add to our customer to get the core infrastructure in place. Right? So we handle all design and architecture. We handle sizing. We handle TCO exercises. And we onboard you and take you to you know, day zero and day one configurations of the platform. That's our core offering. And that's really what we led with out of the gate with the VMC on AWS solution from the beginning. And we've been one of VMware's top partners with the solution in general with that offering. And that's awesome because you, you, you folks are really helping to get the customer on board. And it's one of the reasons our net promoter scores are in the high range. You know, as people move to the cloud, the funding model changes. How are customers handling this shift? Because, you know, both customers and VMware used to be sort of in a CapEx model, big spend up front, maybe a little bit of maintenance on the back end. But now there's sort of an OpEx model. What is SHI doing to help them kind of transition from kind of a CapEx model to an OpEx model? Yeah, so there's actually two, two ways that that myself and SHI in general look at the shift to an, to an OPEX model, right? The, the first aspect of it and the most important aspect of it for a lot of customers and, and organizations is just the financial operations behind it, right? So it, shifting to a subscription model is not you know, par for the course for a lot of customers. It's got flexibility and it's very appealing to customers, right? It gives them 
um, flexibility to consume how they want and and pay as they go slash grow um, with with the solution, right? So that on demand burst capacity um, and the flexibility to change subscriptions and do all of that, like that's very appealing to a lot of customers. But that also has a lot of challenges with it, right? So so you know, keeping an eye on on demand charges, uh, subscription dates that have um, different end different ending dates to them, right? Uh, unexpected data egress charges, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That that those are all challenges that that customers face when they're shifting to this opex model versus you know the traditional perpetual licensing model. So financial operations is a piece that you know we've we've looked at um, and and have come up with some. We've always had pretty creative solutions around helping customers keep an eye on you know opex spend. Um, and and we're we've we've expanded that to the VMC on AWS offerings as well, right? So we actually have our own FinOps practice leveraging. It's actually VMware Cloud Health behind the scenes and under the hood that mm-hmm. actually um, keeps an eye on customer uh, customer cloud spend in general, right? So we do this for VMC on AWS. We do this for cloud native, and then we actually took it one step further, and we actually have VMware Cloud adoption managers that are our version of customer success that we use specifically for VMC on AWS and the partner tools that VMware gives us to keep an eye on VMC specific metrics, like so subscription end dates, like the on-demand charges. Mm-hmm. And we have monthly service reviews with all of our customers to make sure that their, their spend is in check. I mean, that's usually valuable. Uh, shout out to our friend and friend of the show, Marie Burke over at the Cloud Health in the Cloud Health Arena. I mean, one of the things that we've seen in our cloud economics practice, certainly, is that little things like CloudTrail and CloudWatch can easily double your spend. And so it sounds like you're helping customers at least give them visibility so they can avoid the more unpleasant um, mistakes. Is that, That's basically right. Yeah, 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 100%. And then our VMware cloud adoption managers in those monthly service reviews are huge in not just, you know, reporting to them on, you know, what their spend looks like and what their consumption looks like, but also strategizing one year out, two year out, three year out um, and optimizing the existing footprint. Right. And that and that could be, you know, wasted resources in the environment that could be overutilization of the service could be underutilization of the service. Right. Mm-hmm. And we try to optimize that whole experience, both from a financial perspective and, and an engine and an engineering perspective. Right. And that's the other piece to me when we're talking about shift to OPEX model and how we can provide value is with this motion with a lot of customers consuming technology, you know, as a service, VMware Cloud and AWS being that that solution we're, we're talking about today, we have mm-hmm. a lot of visibility into uh, their, their environments and in their infrastructure from, from a technical perspective, right? So we, we have that same, you know, just like we have the VMware Cloud Adoption Manager for that FinOps, you know, capabilities that we bring to the table. We also have our architects engaged with the customer engineers and architects on a, on a monthly basis, helping them through the day-to-day administration stuff that a typical VMware administrator is, is used to that they may not be used to in the VMC on AWS model. Meaning, you know, we, we get a lot of infrastructure admins that mm-hmm. expect to log into the VMC service and, you know, 
it, they're like, oh, well, why don't I have root access to the to the ESXi host, or why mm-hmm. why don't I have visibility into this right out of the gate? What do I have yeah. to do to get this right? So VMware administration changes for those infrastructure admins in a good way. Right? Mm-hmm. I say that in a good way, meaning you know it's less of a less of a burden on them because VMware is managing a lot of the infrastructure. So a mm-hmm. lot of the times, our architects, it's shifting, you know, teaching them how to shift their mentality on managing the VMC side of the infrastructure versus the on-prem stuff that they're, you know, typically used to. And then mm-hmm. that ultimately frees them up to, you know, be more productive in their days versus just keeping the lights on in the environment. Yeah. And that's, I mean, a, a lot of that is so key, both the technical and the financial point of view. We have a recent study and we'll include the link in the uh, show notes. And of course, um, share with uh, your folks, John is that um, we did recently did a, a fairly large study with the uh, enterprise uh, strategy group and f- um, 53% of respondents said their typical overruns were greater than 30%. The estimated mean overrun on all cloud projects is usually around 29 or 30%. So, um, and that's with an N I think of like 350 or 400. So it's statistically projectable for you stats nerds out there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, honestly, so folks, what you can take from this is SHI is doing real value and they'll make sure that you don't get one of those, uh, you know, letter bombs in your monthly, in your monthly set of bills. So that's all great. And I'm sure customers just love that stuff, John. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the, you know, uh, Keys to success, right? Because I'll part of before consuming any solution, right? Yes, the one thing we're looking at is what what you know what IT challenge are we solving for, and what business outcome are we driving for? And then the number one question, you know, or I should say the number two question is, okay, what am I going to pay for this? Right now we're looking at right. a solution. What am I going to pay for this? Does this make does this make sense for me? And then. Mm-hmm you know, ongoing subscription models, you have to have a handle on that. So it's, it's definitely key for, for a lot of our customers in, in how we're adopting. So one of the most interesting things that I want to find out is the MBA types around here are always talking about use cases. You know, so talk to me about the use cases that you're seeing the, from SHI. I mean, we've seen some, you know, kind of recent cases. We have some new case studies from uh, a semiconductor manufacturer, from healthcare providers and stuff like that. But talk to me about the use cases that you're seeing uh, in kind of the, in your practice. And, and well, I'll have a follow-on question, but just talk to me about kind of use case groupings that you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and this, the use cases have been pretty static from, from the inception of the VMC on AWS solution, right? So mm-hmm. we, pretty consistent story. We're seeing data center extensions slash data center evacuations. Um, a lot of customers looking to reduce capex and shift to that opex model. I don't know. I sound like a marketing, you know, marketing pitch there, but that that's really what we're seeing, right? Reducing a data center footprint, uh, running into a lot right. of data centers that have, you know, legacy aging hardware on site, mm-hmm. expensive lease locations for, you know, from providers that are providing data center as a service, and and they're looking to consolidate that. So data center evacuations or data center extensions are, are mm-hmm. definitely, that's probably the top use cases that, that we're seeing. You know, the, the, like I said before, the data center evac is mostly about, you know, consolidating data centers and mm-hmm. the data center extension 
we've seen a variety of use cases with with data center extension and what customers are trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. Burst capacity for seasonal workloads, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, disaster recovery strategies, test dev environments, things things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, so having that uh, hybrid operating model and and the flexibility to move workloads up and down and and you know having the capacity be that flexible is is huge for a lot of customers. And then that third one I kind of already alluded to within that data center extension bucket, but I, I consider mm -hmm. it a third use case is, is going to be that disaster recovery slash business continuity strategy um, with bolt-on tools, right? So they'll sure. have VMC on AWS. We've got V and we've got VMware's VCDR platform and 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 the VMware site recovery platform still that we you know tried and true and and we still see customers adopting that for a disaster recovery strategy. So more on that in just a minute. But what I want to hear about is how are customers taking advantage of native cloud services? And by this, I mean, let's first start with things like RDS, things like Lambda. What kind of extensions and what sort of how are customers using sort of the native cloud services as well once they get onto the hyperscaler platform? Yeah, 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 certainly. And and that's a that's a funny one to me because in the beginning, right? I, and I'm not a native and I'm not an AWS person, right? I'm a I'm a I'm a VMware guy. You God know, bless through you. And, through. and uh, the the um, so for the first year, I would say of consuming the VMC on AWS platform, I never really even had to have an AWS conversation. Really, so it, it wasn't until like a year sure. in where. Customers, you know, after getting onboarded into VMC on AWS and consuming the platform, they start to get, you know, intrigued with the different things they can do, right? So through our monthly service reviews, we would we would always, you know, try to forecast a plan and a strategy for how the customer, you know, what the customer's end state is going to be. Mm -hmm. And AWS services always came up. And sure enough, as the solution matured throughout the years and, and designs got more complex and new solutions and services got supported, it's almost a part of every VMC on AWS deployment now. Like, I don't think we do a VMC on AWS deployment without having one of our internal SHI AWS architects on the phone with us. Uh, we mm -hmm. actually have one on our team now. We're, we're a dedicated VMware team. And we brought over one of our AWS cloud resources because we needed help with with, with mm -hmm. some of this stuff. So we we definitely we definitely see it. Um, we see the RDS database service being used. We see uh, the FSx service being used. We see people getting creative with um, security VPCs and running kind of um, mm -hmm. you know virtual firewalls and different AWS constructs that they're routing mm. traffic to the different architectures. Those are probably the three most common ones. NetApp on top, we're, we're seeing mm -hmm. some in it, we're seeing some integrations there. But definitely, it's a part of every VMC on AWS deployment now. You, you customers see the benefits of it. VMC on AWS launches you into the cloud very easily, and then you can reap the benefits of you know the cloud native services that are there to solve mm -hmm. very you know specific um, needs that that you uh, that you have in the environment. Well, so before we talk about data protection and, and ransomware avoidance, I want to hear a little bit more about NetApp because I mean, there's a, you know integrations with NetApp. There's a number of options, and of course, how are you seeing the NetApp integrations? Is that with their sort of cloud offering, their cloud storage option? Yes, yes, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and that's popping up more and more and more within within our within our customer organization, and it just gives customers the flexibility to, you know, ha have another place to run and store workload. 
right? It's mm-hmm. it's or at least the data from that workload being stored in that um, NetApp on tap. Awesome. Uh, it's it's definitely something we're we're seeing a, a lot of. We're we're one of NetApp's you know partners too, so we have resources there that help us with that design and architecture. And one of customers' biggest biggest gripes in the beginning of VMC on AWS, I'll say, was was the flexible storage options that that yep. were available. So as the solutions have matured, right? And vSAN's a great solution. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's simple. It's it is scalable. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way the host types and the nature of the solution were um, in the beginning. You know, you were kind of locked into a, a certain amount of capacity that you could use without having to scale mm-hmm. with a different, you know, with another host type. Right. So these these cloud storage solutions that you can integrate with VMC on AWS, giving customers flexibility and, and freeing up capacity within the SDDC cluster itself is is you know giving them giving better giving them better outcomes consuming the solution and freeing up resources in the SDDC cluster itself for sure. Sure. So I've been sort of hinting at it, but talk to me a little bit about, I mean, data protection is key because disasters, wars, but also ransomware, uh, you know, is sort of a huge thing these days. And talk to me about your offerings in that regard, especially any work you've been doing with um, VMware Cloud Disaster Recovery, our four-letter acronym VCDR. What's the, um, how's that been going for uh, SHI customers? Yeah, that's that's been huge for us. Like, absolutely huge. from a from a ransomware avoidance perspective, that's a relatively new feature within the solution, which is which is great. But just a data modern data protection stra- uh, strategy leveraging VMware's VCDR has has been huge for us. Um, customers are struggling with with data right now. Um, you know, on prem they have data fragmentation issues. They have you know several different solutions that they're trying to manage. Um, there's, you know, silos within customer organizations trying to get a handle on that data and data is being used within customer organizations to make business decisions, right? It's the most important part of, uh, customers, customers, organizations, at least in my, in, in, in my opinion and, and others at, at SHIs and in, in the industry, um, you need to have a modern data protection strategy mm-hmm. and the on-prem you know, challenges that customers are facing are leading, you know, leaving them vulnerable to attacks. You know, mm-hmm. ransomware is is a big issue for for everybody right now. You bet. Um, so having that a data protection strategy is 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 key, and a modern data protection strategy and a flexible data protection strategy. <laughs> VMware Cloud Disaster Recovery, we we've been leading with with that platform. I mean, with our with within my organization and our department since the launch of that solution. And mm-hmm. it's probably, if it's not the initial use case for every customer that we're talking to with VMC, it comes up as a, as a secondary use case. Every VMC on AWS, POC, pilot, um, you know, you name it, we, we ultimately have a, a, a data protection conversation. And our, our story there is actually very similar to the VMC on AWS onboarding service or jumpstart service, sorry, where we help customers with that same VCDR onboarding experience and integrating it, you know, or getting your replication job set up, getting your policies all configured, testing out, you know, in a pilot light scenario, we'll actually test out the 
uh, a recovery job to a VMC on AWS instance that gets spun up on demand. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's a very um, we're, we're seeing a lot of traction with it. We we have a lot of customers already onboarded today, and we help them through that day zero, day one con- configuration with the initial activation of VCDR, the the setup of the connector to pull in uh, inventory from on-prem infrastructure that you're trying trying to protect, configuring policies and runbooks to help with you know meeting SLAs and then testing the platform out. We we're we're mm-hmm. certainly seeing that and and. Again, VMware Cloud Adoption Manager tagged on top of that with ongoing, you know, customer success engineering behind it. It's been it's been very successful with with our customer organization. Awesome. Now, I want to ask a question, especially for my friends in product management. So, Matt Dreyer and Narayan, if you're listening, John, tell us about like what are some of the common customer objections to using the platform? And you know, be honest, we can take it. Tell us what kind of objections you're seeing as, you know, you go try to make a million bucks on this platform. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the number one objection that we see is, is going to be, you know, cost at, at mm-hmm. first, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, we go through every, with every customer, a part of our pre-sales process, we're going to go through a TCO exercise for you and see if this even makes sense, right? We're mm-hmm. going to analyze what your on-prem infrastructure is costing you today. We're going to take a look at, you know, what reducing that footprint on-prem looks like and running some in VMC. And depending on the number of workloads that we're going to move up there, sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. right? There's a small, there's a smaller subset of customers. I wouldn't say cost is the number one objective for everybody, but there is a kind of a target buy-in for VMC on AWS that you kind of have to know what you're getting yourself in for before you even have the the conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gotten a lot better, right? Again, going back to the beginning of this solution, where in the in the with the launch, you had one host type, you had one minimum size cluster, and you had one price, and that right. was it. And if you couldn't hit that, then yep. see, you know, find a find a different find a different option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we've seen w- with the you know releases of new host types, more flexible storage options, um, integrations with cloud services. We've seen some some ways of alleviating that cost, and even the mm-hmm. billing model too. You know, uh, flexible subscription rates, conversion subscriptions. I'm not a licensing mm-hmm. expert, but I think I got the the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we, we've seen some alleviation there where, where it's not as much of an object, objection as it was as before, but it's still definitely a common one across our, our smaller customer base. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't shamelessly plug our cloud economics practice, because we show that using VMware cloud on AWS can save essentially 30% over going to the public cloud and about 29%, 29.4 from our latest database um, over data center costs for a number of reasons. So absolutely. I think cost, cost will always be an issue as long as we have a capitalist system. I think the first complaint that customers are going to have is always price. It's just a question of how acute that is. But, uh, you know, I think we've got, as you know, we've got a good story. So another shameless plug. Don't forget if you want to get a cloud economics analysis done and you're an SHI customer, talk to them. They'll call us. We can actually build out a model for you and would be happy to work with your SHI account manager to show you how SHI can save you a ton of money 
Uh, we'll even put it in a spreadsheet and you can check our math. So shameless plug, wasn't planning on doing that, John, sorry, but we'll thought we, <laughs> we, you know, put it in and give them a little more information. No, no, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love a good shameless plug. There um, you go. I'll, I'll say, I'll say to the, the other, you know, the other big objection I'll get, I shouldn't even say ob- ob- objection because it's usually after customers are already consuming. It's, it's visibility after the fact I get a lot. And this goes into cost. I get a lot of customers that, you know, they're up in VMC on AWS and they're looking at the day-to-day man, you know, they're trying to figure out how to manage the environment on a day-to-day basis. And undoubtedly, where are my management tools comes into, comes in, mm-hmm. right? Where's, you know, VR and I to see what, you know, what firewall Correct. rules are getting hit or, mm-hmm. You know, where's my logs for, you know, mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. I just had this issue. I want to see this log trail and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm seeing performance issues and, you know, I should be able to see this. I shouldn't have to open a support ticket. So I, I get, like I said, not an objection because this is usually customers that are already onboarded and consuming the service and happy, but they're like, I need more visibility into this thing. And the cloud management automation suite that VMware has is, is awesome. It's just not included in the service. So it's an extra thing that if you really want that level of visibility, VMware is managing it for you. It's infrastructure as a service. So they handle a lot of the stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of from my perspective, what, what do you need to see, you know, right. that, that you're worried about that you don't have access to today. And we come across some, some use cases, you know, that where it makes sense where I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? You probably should have eyes on that. Go, you know, try out VR and I, that'll, that'll help you out there. Right. So awesome. adding, um, I, I think some of the cloud management and automation tools, if they were included as part of the service, um, I know log intelligence has a trial in there or a limited mm-hmm. version in there, but some sort of packaged offering with that in there. And again, if that exists, I'm not a licensing expert, but if that exists, mm-hmm. <laughs> that right. would be, that would go, that would go a long way versus after the fact, like, you know, six months in, they're like, oh, you know, I really want XYZ management tool to, to bolt on, you know, VR ops, log intelligence, et cetera. Um, I mm-hmm. think at least at least it's it's an expected cost out of the gate that they know they're gonna that they yeah. know they're gonna have to account for. Um so well, that, that's another great. One. Yeah, let me go off script a little bit. What would you say, just top of your mind? You know, we see basically that up to Oh, let me just check. I'm thinking it's on the order. The ESG report had an interesting stat. And again, that'll be in the show note. Is it uh, the estimated mean number of applications which have been migrated to the cloud is around 57%. The question for you is, how much are you seeing complete evacs versus people continuing to operate? And what at the end, right? They may intend to evac, but they still keep a little. So like, what do you see? Is everybody operating hybrid? Do you really see people turning out the lights on their colos? No, every, every, almost everybody's operating hybrid from, from what I, from what I'm seeing. Um, we, if there's a total evac, right? It's the total evac of one data center of 50 that a customer Got owns, it. right? So there, there's, you know, yes, we're t- evacuating one entire data center building, but the rest of my, infrastructure is still remaining on-prem and there's going to be an on-prem VMware presence for, for sure. That's, that's hosting, mm-hmm. you know, XYZ workloads that may have not been the right fit to move to VMC on AWS for, you know, one reason over the other, you know, application support reasons, uh, mm-hmm. 
challenges with how the application functions or, you know, it's a legacy app that they just right. haven't, you know, touched in years. And that the person who wrote the app has been retired for a decade. That's, sure. uh, you know, the things they're afraid to move um, mm-hmm. or that are just challenging and or challenging and or massive applications to move that just aren't, aren't the right fit that that's going to stay on-prem business is definitely shifting to the cloud. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's, it's a matter of when you're going to go to the cloud or when you're going to go to consuming something as a service, but on-prem mm-hmm. data center business is not, is not going to be ever be completely evacuated. There's reasons to run stuff on-prem. I, I rattled off a few, mm-hmm. um, but you know, compliance reasons, regulation sure. reasons, industry vertical reasons. There's very specific things as to why some stuff you just, you just can't touch. So hybrid is definitely where we're it all, all of our customers are with the exception of maybe one that I can, that I can think of. Excellent. Good. Well, so there's a data point. So folks in product management, if you're listening, you heard it here. So let's uh, sort of broaden the field a little bit. What's your thoughts on expanding to other VMware cloud hyperscalers? As of course, everybody knows we have Azure VMware Solution AVS and Google Cloud VMware Engine. What are your plans to support those um, as those uh, ramp up? I think it's a, a great opportunity and gives customers even more flexibility to go um, wherever they want to go. It's it's a multi-cloud world out there. You know, AWS is not going to solve all your challenges. Azure is not going to solve all your challenges. Google is not going to solve all your challenges, mm-hmm. right? There's it, it's it, what customers are going to find is it's it's a multi-cloud world, and we can help you narrow down the best place to uh, to run a workload based on what that workload is, what the application is, you what your internal skill sets are, what your budget are, everything that goes into analyzing the best way to host an application to deliver a solution. The great thing about VMware Cloud and opening up to AVS and GCVE, so Azure VMware Solutions and Google Cloud VMware Engine, is you now have the the on-ramp to the big three that customers are consuming to uh, as a part of their multi-cloud strategy to drive mm-hmm. business. You know, and this is a, you know, it's a, a shameless plug of my own here. What we're doing with with AVS and GCVE and VMC on AWS is more of just a, it's a rebranding to VMware multi-cloud in general, right? So mm-hmm. the jumpstart services that I was referring to before um, that we do for VMC on AWS, the day zero, day one configuration and onboarding services, mm-hmm. we're going to do that for uh, AVS and GCVE as well. And we're branding it kind of SHI hybrid on-ramp powered by VMware Cloud. And the mm-hmm. whole concept is, you know, VMware, uh, uh, VMware is the leading hypervisor in every customer organization today, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has it running on-prem. Use VMware Cloud as the, and HCX as the, you know, quote unquote on-ramp to get you to the cloud. And then while you're that, once you get there, use our cloud native expertise across our different cloud organizations and groups to help you with your overall, overall multi-cloud strategy. And that includes engineering and architecture and also the FinOps stuff to keep an eye on multi-cloud cost spend as we, um, as you consume the platform. I think it's a great opportunity. I think mm-hmm. there's reasons to use all three, you know, AVS, AVS has specific use cases, GCPE mm-hmm. has specific use cases and VMC on AWS is, is, is a, yeah. a great place to land as well. So well, it's just kind of narrowing e- down. Sure. In this ESG study, 
page five for those of you paying attention. And of course, you can get this study at the VMware.com slash cloud dash economics. The latest survey had 55% of environments actually feels a little bit low, but 55% of environments have three or more public clouds. And now with think about who has a public cloud. Amazon's got one. Oracle's got one. Microsoft's got one. Alibaba has one. Um, there's a number of MSPs. There's also our friends at Rackspace and SoftChoice and you know other folks like this. So people are, the multi-cloud is just a factor of life. And so 55% of organizations that we surveyed had three or more. I don't know if that sounds, is, how does that sound to you? Is that low? Is that high? What does that sound like to you, John? That that sounds a little bit low. I would have I would have pegged, you know, I don't read Gardner always, but I would have pegged uh, in this in the 60s, 60 percent, mm -hmm. low 70 percent on who was consuming three or more. Mm -hmm. um, so that that sounds that sounds a little low, but not not a surprising number, though. Yeah, by, by any means. Yeah. So multi cloud is here. And I think it represents interesting opportunities, like you said. Put the workload closer to if you love the way Google does their AI or their, you know, you're doing something with location services, you know, good. Toss it on Google. If you love RDS, if you love the AI kind of engine on AWS, if you like Lambda, you go there. But ultimately, if you're generic on top of that, you really can run your application. If it's just a basic application with a database, it's all VMware. So you can literally run it anywhere. Um, and, you know, as you've heard, Dear listener, uh, from this discussion is obviously SHI uh, can do a great job of uh, helping you kind of sort that out. So we've talked a lot today uh, about a lot of stuff. Where can people go for more info? If they like what they're hearing from John Palmer at SHI, where can they go to raise their hand to hear more from you, John? I would point you to three different places. One okay. is going to be the shi.com forward slash VMware landing page. That is our um, internal landing page at SHI, where we have a team of 40 plus dedicated VMware resources. Um, it, you know, we're, we're seven, uh, we have seven of the eight master services competencies, um, all sorts of awards. Um, that team of 40 sits behind that, that page. And there's all sorts of stuff posted on that page that, that we can help that we can help you with and and we'll help you learn more about about us and how we can assist you. The other place I'll point you to is SHI also has a a podcast. Um that's shi.com forward forward slash podcast. Um it's not going to be dedicated to just VMware. Uh SHI is a very large agnostic solution provider. So you could learn about more about SHI in general there and there will be um you know VMware segments within that podcast for you know specific listeners where maybe you want to hear me again maybe you don't if you want to hear me again maybe i make my way on that podcast it's not un unheard of um and then also you could always hit us up at vmware at shi.com that's that's our email alias that our that team of 40 that i was talking to they also sit behind that alias and you can get a hold of any of us behind behind the scenes to help you with anything vmware related vmc on aws we're very seasoned we have a very mature practice and one of vmware's number one partners um and hopefully everything i told you today sounds valuable and you want to you want to work with us um but vmware in general across all those solution practices you know data center cloud management and automation uh euc anywhere workspace networking and security whatever the solution is mm -hmm. we have expertise behind it and we're we're happy to help support and 
and help uh, help our customers adopt. Yes, they do. I will confirm it. I've been working with SHI for over a decade, maybe even close to two. And I can tell you they're a great solution provider. Uh, while they do offer, sadly, they do offer other solutions, but they're obviously the best team they have, of course, are the ones working on VMware, of course. Um, Absolutely. So we gave a bunch of information. All those links that and, and references will be in the show notes. So when you, wherever you get your podcasts, look at the description. We'll have info to the ESG study, uh, shi.com slash VMware. We will have the information and there'll be contact information. So if you like what you hear and you need help with your shift to cloud, go with a trusted partner like SHI, check the show notes and get in touch with them. This has been another episode of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. Today, we have been talking to my esteemed guest, John Palmer, calling from the Garden State. He's director of data center solutions engineering at SHI. John, thanks for coming on. This was a this was a great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. Anytime. If you've got more news, come on back. Always good to uh, always good to have these long conversations. Our producer is Sonali Desai. Our executive producer is Mr. Ivan Openchuk, edited by Brian Jones. Musical inspiration, as always, by Robert Allen Zimmerman. This is Bill Roth, and for all the folks here at VMware Cloud on AWS and our friends at SHI, thanks very much, and stay safe out there. 